0: Welcome to the Students of Surgery podcast series, where we shed light on common surgical topics.
1: Welcome everybody, today we're talking about obstructive jaundice with the batter surgeon Dr. Henry Pretorius from Steve Beaker Academic Hospital. Welcome Dr. Pretorius. What is obstructive jaundice?
0: The so obstructive jaundice is a patient who is jaundiced due to the bile duct being blocked in the presence of a normal underlying liver. What are common
1: causes of obstructive jaundice?
0: Um, so the most common cause for obstructive jaundice by far would be stone disease. But we try to d- have some form of approach to having what are the differentials. So we talk about intraductal causes intramural causes or extraductal causes, where stones form an intraductal cause.
1: What are other common intraductal causes? So other intraductal causes could
0: be things like worms, um, where Ascarus lumbricoides, worms can actually migrate in the biliary tree itself up, um, and they can block, um, and then foreign bodies, like if you put an ERCP with a plastic stent, they tend to block after three to six months.
1: Intramural causes? Mostly,
0: um, number one, and it should be number one for three times before you get to number two, is malignant strictures. If you see a stricture um, of of the bile duct without a stone, you should think malignancy, cholangiocarcinoma. Um, But then there are very rare, benign strictures that can be found in primary sclerosing cholangitis, HIV cholangiopathy, IgG-related disease, and chronic pancreatitis and then
1: your extraductal or extramural
0: causes. So extra ductal causes means it's not part of the duct, and, um, but still blocks the duct. So we talk about a periampillary malignancies, the most common ones, which are found around the, um, the ampilla of water. Um, this can be head of pancreas, CA, ampillary carcinoma, or duodenal cancer. And then there are things that can compress the duct from externally, such as lymph nodes, there's some benign conditions like a serious cyst of the pancreas, or even chronic pancreatitis.
1: What are the most common clinical signs of obstructive jaundice?
0: So what you must remember is it's jaundice, but we get obstructive and non-obstructive jaundice. Where non-obstructive jaundice is due to a failing liver. Where the liver cannot conjugate your your bilirubin into a water-soluble type. So with obstructive jaundice, you will find that you've got extremely yellow sclera and mucous membranes in comparison to the skin, whereas with non-obstructive jaundice, you'll have a very yellow skin, where the eyes and the mucous membranes are not as much affected. Other signs would be things like um, dark urine and then pale
1: stools or white stools. What are the most common complications of obstructive jaundice?
0: There are three main common complications of obstructive jaundice that you should know about. Um, But the important thing to understand is that your bile doesn't reach the intestine. So the function of the bile where it emulsifies fats and absorbs the fats, including the fat-soluble vitamins, A, D, E, and K, and the functions thereof are no longer available. So vitamin K is very important in um, clotting factor production. So these patients can become coagulopathic. And you'll see this with a raised iron rN. The second would be these patients, because of the build-up build of the bile salts, they can become pruritic and they can scratch. Lastly, this obstructive system where you've got stagnant bile can become infected with bacteria and you can develop cholangitis, acute cholangitis, which can be life-threatening. Then there's some rare other instances where you can have um, abnormal renal functions. Secondary to the obstructive jaundice, um, they can get acute tubular
1: necrosis. Is hepatic encephalopathy a complication of obstructive jaundice?
0: When a patient develops hepatic encephalopathy, this is secondary to liver cirrhosis. Hepatic encephalopathy, even though we talk about it in cholangitis, is a complication of the sepsis.
1: What is your approach to investigating a patient who presents to the outpatient department with clinical obstructive jaundice?
0: Number one, we're looking for signs. So we we spoke about the dark urine, the pale stools, the yellow sclera and um, mucosa. Um, But then we need to have some confirmatory tests. And our confirmatory tests are based on biochemical studies and imaging studies. Biochemically, our liver function test can give you a good indication. We look at your total and your conjugated fraction of bilirubin. If your conjugated fraction is more than 70% of the total, this is quite indicative of obstructive jaundice. When you're between the 50 and 70 range, you are fairly unsure whether it's obstructive or non-obstructive, you can look at your enzymes, where we look at your ALP and your GGT, and if they are predominantly raised, this would be an indication of obstructive jaundice, whereas if your ALT and AST are predominantly raised, this is more indicative of a patocellular dysfunction. How do you investigate them radiologically? On imaging studies, we're looking at specifically the diameter of the common bile duct. If it's more than seven millimeters in a patient who has not had a cholecystectomy, this would be indicative of obstructive jaundice. Or if a patient has had a um, cholecystectomy, we usually say more than
1: 10 millimeters. Can the ultrasound give you an idea of what the cause is of the obstructive jaundice? So most
0: definitely it can. Ultrasound is the most sensitive investigation for stone disease and stones being the most common ultrasound can also show you the level of obstruction where you can see up to where the system is dilated and in some circumstances when the patient is not overweight and you've got a fairly good ultrasonographer you could see a double duct sign with a dilated pancreatic duct and common bowel duct which will be indicative of head of pancreas tumor and seldomly you could actually see the tumor
1: Once you have your results of your blood tests and your radiological investigations and they confirm that the patient has obstructive jaundice, what is your further management of this patient?
0: First things is exclude complications or urgent indications for biliary drainage. Then, if there are no urgent indications for biliary drainage, you need to find the etiology. Look at your ultrasound report, were there stones? If there were stones and it's a stone causing the obstruction, you can consider the ERCP to remove the stone from the duct. But if there were no stones, your first thought should be this could be malignancy. And then you have to stage the malignancy and the next investigation would be a CT
1: scan. What are some indications for urgent drainage of the biliary tree in the presence of obstructive jaundice?
0: Urgent biliary tree drainage would be complications of obstructive jaundice. And we spoke about them lightly earlier, which would be cholangitis, pruritus, uh, bleeding tendency or um, coagulopathy, um, including non-resolving renal functions.
1: What are methods that are used to drain the biliary tree?
0: So drainage of the biliary tree, the most commonly used method would be ERCP, um, but there um, are other methods as well, such as percutaneous um, biliary drainage um, or PTC, PTD. Other other ways would be in a very unstable, acutely ill patient, in casualties, we could do a percutaneous cholecystostomy or even a percutaneous cholecystostomy drain. And the other option would be surgical methods such as a hepaticogegenostomy.
1: Do you have some take-home messages for our listeners?
0: So yes, if you have a patient who presents with obstructive jaundice, 1. Ensure they don't have complications, and if they do, treat them urgently. Otherwise, find the etiology, most commonly would be stone, um, but if not stones, think malignancy and refer them early or as soon as possible to your hepatobiliary surgeon.
1: Thank you. I think you've clarified obstructive joint quite nicely for us.
0: This edition of the students of surgery podcast has been produced by TuxFM. FM. Visit www.tuxfm.co.saday for young, fresh and relevant content. That was another edition of the
1: students of surgery podcast series, where we shed light on common surgical topics.